The views expressed on the patient's perspective come directly from patients, so they are not intended to diagnose, treat, or replace professional medical advice. Information coming from the patient's perspective is for entertainment and educational purposes only, so if you have any health concerns regarding yourself or anyone else, please see a physician. The Patient's Perspective is a podcast created by patients for patients and does not focus on any specific disease or condition. Content may make you laugh, cry, and question your moral beliefs surrounding healthcare and the many issues patients run into while in the system. Finally, the most important point of view is cast into the light. The Patient's Perspective. On today's episode of The Patient's Perspective, I talked to a longtime friend about his struggles living with bipolar disorder. Hi everyone. So for today, I'm interviewing a person who I've known for probably roughly what, about 20 years or so. Um, This person would like to remain anonymous due to some of the struggles that he's had in his lifetime due to bipolar disorder. So um, I guess I'm just going to uh, introduce him as my friend. (laughs) Uh, So welcome friend. Hello. So I don't really know how how I'm going to start the podcast off because I know that there's been lots of struggles uh, throughout your life. Um, So I guess one thing you have always mentioned to me in terms of one of your biggest struggles with bipolar disorder after you were diagnosed was the fact that due to the fact that it's based on emotions any time, for example, if something really good is happening to you in your, in your life or anything really bad, or if you get a little bit moody, which all of us do from time to time, persons automatically just assume that you might be headed towards uh, an episode on either which end or that it's due to your disorder. Um, so I think that's how we're going to kind of start off. And then I guess we'll just, uh, I guess it'll take off from there. (laughs) So do you want to explain a little bit about that and and some of your experiences? Yeah, it's a really frustrating thing because when I was first diagnosed, I basically, um, my mom was in the medical profession. So I told her like, well, now that I know what it is, I think I can manage it just through being aware of it. And she agreed that that was, you know, something viable medications, not always necessary. And I did that. And I I don't know if you would call it a super manic phase, or if I just managed to be successful and live my dreams. But um, from 18 to 22, 
I had a successful company. I was busy. I was using all of the benefits of that energy that is available um, when you're channeling the happiness of this. I don't know what the current term for it is, disorder or illness, but, um, and I did really well. Um, one of the things I've really noticed that causes issues uh, was marijuana use. So uh, the impact of that was something that possibly provoked it. I don't know, but uh, definitely anytime that was introduced, it became really hard to maintain balance in life. Um, and even though I've avoided that almost completely for years and years and years, I've noticed again, anytime that it's introduced a little bit, it causes a big issue for me personally. Now I know it's very healthy and effective treatment for some people, but I'm a believer that everybody's different. And it's one of the reasons I have a tough time even identifying myself with this disorder, because while medication certainly helps, um, you know, one of the bigger factors for me that I've noticed over the years is the use of omega-3, vitamin D, getting sunlight and multivitamins. Um, and when I was hospitalized at one point, that was what uh, my doctor also agreed with. He said, yeah, if that works for you, we're going to step up all of that kind of stuff and make sure that that's provided to you and you should be continuing that. So um, I'm currently on a, on a pretty decent medication. I think it's a medication for seizures of all things um, mm -hmm. called Epival. And that seems to be more effective. Um, you were on other with, medication before, like years ago, right? You were on lithium at one point in time. Yeah, I was on that. And it was like, just not, it was effective to a point, but then I started noticing all the side effects were kind of bearing down on me. And I wanted to switch it up. And I tried a whole array of things to the point where the doctor was suggesting, well, you could try this one. But one of the side effects is instant death. Um, I can't yeah. remember which one that was, but I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. I don't <laughs> think I'm willing to take a risk on that. But I know that's actually quite a popular medicine. And that is one of the side effects is just, yeah, every once in a while, somebody takes it and they die. Lamotrigin, yeah. I think, was one of them that I was tried. I can't remember which one was the the one that I avoided. And then I just ended up back on the lithium until uh, I think around, I don't want to give out too many details because it makes it too obvious who I am. But um, a few years ago, I was, uh, I had some stresses removed from my life and things were going well again. And that's where, like we were talking about, I questioned, is this an issue of, you know, am I just happy? And has it been like, I've had an incredibly stressful life, like the, the first major episodes that I had where I did seek medication were due to an inc a ridiculous situation. Um, you know, and I've come to accept, I should preface that I've come to accept that uh, there's definitely something to this diagnosis. Um, how I would categorize myself and the severity of it is difficult, but, um, 
I mean, there's been yeah. a little bit of mounting evidence. Um, mind you, though, that was years ago, the last time I heard about it. I should do more research on it. Um, for the listeners out there, we didn't even realize today that we were going to do this, this appointment. We had discussed it, and then we just found that we had time. So I just haven't had enough time to kind of prep for, prep for this one. But um, uh, last time I heard, they were looking into bipolar disorder actually being uh, maybe possibly an autoimmune condition. And they know now that like gut health might have something to do with persons with some particular mental health conditions. If it just exasperates it or actually causes it or not, they don't know. Um, I got to interrupt you real quick there because I've yeah. just recently noticed. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it to you this weekend when I was visiting that I've been really off lately and I've switched the function that I do at my job. And I realized I started drinking coffee and caffeine's a really tough one to manage. Before that I had been drinking kombucha. So kombucha is good for gut health, right? Yeah. Now also you remember part of the reason I switched roles in my job was because I had a bit of an issue. I was getting a bit complacent um, and again, I linked that all back. I finally kind of came to a realization like I was cheaping out and I wasn't pumping myself full of kombucha. I felt like I knew the job. I didn't need that caffeine boost. And so I stopped drinking kombucha. I was trying to only drink kombucha on days when I was expecting to work hard. And I think I kind of shot myself in the foot because I was messing with that balance in my body. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that you brought that up. I had to interject because I just literally came to that realization, went to my store and got a case of that. And I feel good again. And before that, like I was dealing with some emotional ups and downs and I wasn't handling them well. And, well, and uh, when you and I first met, you had quite a few ups and downs. I mean, I've known you since before your official diagnosis, although I think they suspected it at one point in time. You just, as many young men, you didn't want, you didn't want the official diagnosis at that point in time. I think they were trying to, like, they'd already kind of mentioned it. Yeah. You um, met me before treatment, not before yes. diagnosis. So I'd been diagnosed, but I, like I said, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to take a stab at this without medication because. Yeah. And I so I remember back then, um, I mean, you and I were spending lots of time with each other and we basically ate the same meal. And for listeners out there, I mean, um, his and mine's conditions almost simultaneously were flaring up at the exact same time. So, and we were eating basically chicken, Campbell soup, uh, mushroom soup and rice. And that was our meal, like almost every single day. Like you taught me how to make pancakes. <laughs> I never knew how to make pancakes because I never had, I've been so sick. I never like even thought about learning how to cook or anything like that. So like, like that was, I mean, but you, you were doing it to save money, I think back then, but that's basically what we lived off of. And then I was a waitress and eating, you know, shitty food at the restaurant that I worked at, you know, so you know, that how much what we were eating pl played a factor in the flaring up of our conditions simultaneously. I mean, we don't know, right? Unless yeah. you want to project in there. I don't know if, if you, you know, have thought about that at all, but that's, um, yeah. 
Yeah, that was the time in my life. Again, exercise is a huge part of it as well, right? I had a job where I was very physically active and that um, allowed me to simplify everything. Um, I do the best when everything's simple and I can really manage, um, you know, whatever, whatever changes are coming my way. That's the change that really creates issues for me. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, just changing positions at this job, I know it's the best possible opportunity for me, but I have all this rebellion towards it. Um, having that consistent diet while it was probably not all that healthy, it precipitated. That was part of the roll up for me to have a really great and successful career to start with owning my own company and stuff like that. So I, I saved a lot of money and I managed to have that financial freedom. Finances is a huge part of this uh, illness. I'm still dealing with some debts that I racked up trying to turn another page in my life of not having stress, which was, you know, it was a good period in my life until I had to face all the consequences of the, the stress and the debt that I had racked up. Yeah. So there's really common. a lot of parallels. It's so frustrating because there's so many parallels between this illness and, uh, and my behavior, but also those are all just regular things that regular people struggle with. Like you couldn't name one of the things that I, that I struggle with, um, that other people don't suffer from. However, typical with, I guess, a lot of diagnosis when they all kind of line up, then you say, Oh, it's probably this right? When you're having them stack up versus just, yeah, stress is a big factor. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to say there was a point a few years ago where we looked at, I had some responsibilities relieved and perhaps my actual issue was just anxiety. So I started taking anxiety medication that did not go well. And then I tried no medication at all for a little bit. And that's what led to my hospitalization. Um, But I also like there's always combining factors like sleep is a huge issue. As soon as I start losing sleep and I don't manage that, I'm done for. And I don't know. And what about seems- inconsistent sleep, like sleeping at different times of the day? Because you've worked numerous amounts of jobs, right? Like ones where you've worked in the evenings and ones that you worked at nights and ones that you worked like the job you're at now. Sometimes you have to be on call, which could be like, like said in the middle of the night or the middle of the morning, like how, what, what kind of effect does that have on the, like on your, your mood and then also how people perceive you and, and stuff like that. Cause I know in my, like, I know I've irritated you in the past by asking you if you were, you know, headed towards an episode at times and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I'm, and I'm sure not, I'm not the only person that has, has done that in your life. Right. <laughs> Far yeah. from it. Yeah, I just recently, like, as soon as I got this job where everything was going really good, I got confronted like, oh, you're probably not healthy right now. And it's like, this is me happy. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's really sad that that's what it looks like to you, but it's just things are going well. I'm having financial freedom and I had an opportunity to have a big ramp up and it created a bunch of litigation around my kids just so that everybody could check in and wrap 
asked like, Hey, I see like you're taking your medication. There was nothing. I, it all went legal, which was disgusting, right? That's not a fun place to be. Um, so, so, I mean, you get scrutinized more like what for everyday persons have the same emotions and, and, but you, you're under the microscope because of the diagnosis. Yeah, exactly. And by rights, but at the same time, it just creates that automatic, like, how do you recover? How do you move past it when you're constantly, people are aware of it, and then they're kind of pushing your buttons to see, oh, will he react to this? This is how I feel a lot of the times, like, you don't, you, you get extra pushback to try and cause a reaction to prove that you're having some sort of episode when really any person at that point is going to have a reaction because like, just let's act normal. So balance is just, it's a really frustrating thing. And of course, that's why the, the condition has the name because you go from one end to the other and it's really hard to balance things. So that part, I can definitely um, substantiate the difficult thing again is just the idea of like how much of it what extreme am I like there's people that take their lives there's all kinds of different big issues that happen frequently with people that have my issue and uh yeah I've definitely felt that way a lot of times but I've never been able to be someone who goes right to the end and and carries out those kinds of ideas. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, I mean, you mentioned before I started recording that you feel like you can't even talk about your feelings a lot of the times because of the fact that it's underneath such a, you know, fine microscope from everyone around you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to go through my list of like, okay, who actually do I know that knows about this? And should I say anything to them? The people that don't, will they start treating me differently? Because it's now become kind of a widely known um, issue. But, you know, to me, I look at issues like alcoholism and, and other things like that. And it's hard to justify, like, why, like, how are people going to, some things are just a lot more condoned than others. And the more well-known something is, the more you kind of get blacklisted much quicker right and people yeah. just blow it off and it, it creates a, an experience-based issue where if I, I'm I tried to have relationships with people who know somebody who's taken their life because of this illness and then it's like well I guess I should probably tell you because it's that's a big trigger for you if you find out down the road this is my issue and uh you know, you don't deserve to be strung along. Um, at the same time, it's not something that I open with. Because again, who's going to give you a chance? Right? Why well, that's a big red flag for people. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to, for me making those kinds of judgment calls, those kinds of balance, I'm always relying on other people for judgment calls. Even in my job, I want other people's judgment. There's a big confidence issue that I have, which is probably a healthy, the healthiest way I have of dealing with this 
is to make sure that I'm always checking in um, with somebody so that I'm not making poor judgment calls. Rushing creates a lot of issues for me. Um, being overconfident creates a lot of issues with me. Um, there's obviously social ramifications to being having low self-esteem and not being confident enough, but you generally make far fewer mistakes. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in my experience, like, again, the balance of mistakes becomes an issue because I, I, I'm having, tr I have trouble regulating sometimes between this is going to be a big mistake or this is worth taking a small risk. So people get really frustrated sometimes that I'm asking, like I call you constantly for advice, even if I know what I want to do, because I have to check, like, am I using my rational brain or am I using my emotional brain? Because I think, um, you know, everybody has to deal with those kinds of conflicts, but not everybody wakes up after a good night's sleep and knows which brain they're still working with. Most people after a good night's sleep wake up and their rational brain is in charge. Myself, um, on a day like today, when I've had a coffee and a half a kombucha, I could be full on in a good mood and happy either because of my good night's sleep or because I'm caffeinated and riding a, a wave of mania or or I just am happy because I've come to that realization. I've solved that um, dilemma of what was the contributing factors to this change in my life, which I think was a lot. The biggest, easiest thing to control is the kombucha. So I'm going to go with that. So that was the interview with my friend. Um, from all of us at the patient's perspective, I would like to thank my friend for doing the interview. And he has been invited back to come and speak more about either his um, mental um, health diagnosis, as well as just more male or um, uh, persons who identify as male their sides of having mental or physical health conditions, which we often don't hear about. So I'm so thankful that he came and spoke on the patient's perspective. Now, in terms of the couple of comments about su suicide ideation that was mentioned in this podcast episode, I would really encourage anyone out there who is having thoughts of suicide or um, uh, just thinking about suicide in general, whether it or whether or not what it would be like if you were dead or whatnot, to please go and talk to a friend, talk to a family member, 
if you don't have those kinds of supports, a doctor, if you're uh, a child, your teacher, principal, somebody in the school system, a counselor, really anybody who can help get um, yourself the mental health that you need, the mental health that you need, sorry, not health, help. There, there can be medication that can help with this. There's counseling, um, sometimes inpatient, sometimes outpatient. So if you are having these thoughts, please go and see somebody. I'm so happy you were able to join in and listen to us today. If you have an episode idea or would like to share your story, please email me at info at thepatientsperspective.com or join our Facebook page under the same name. From all of us who are working hard bringing patient issues to light, Thank you for tuning in and supporting The Patient's Perspective.